Welcome to the Body Grievers Club. This is a podcast aimed to help those who are struggling to make peace with their here and now bodies. I'm your host, Bree, a fat positive body image educator and coach. My goal is to help you feel less alone in your body grief. Join me as we explore the ins and outs of body image, body grief, as you find your way home to your body. Welcome to the club. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Body Grievers Club. I I literally have no words for how excited I am to bring you today's episode. Part of my dream has been to have as many conversations with as many people about the things that are keeping them from accepting their here and now body. And I have found a way to make that happen. And that is through my Body Grievers Club membership. Now, we have done a couple of rollouts of the membership, depending on when you are listening to this episode, Um, but I'm going to include in the show notes, as well as uh, on my website, a wait list for you to be able to enroll into the club as well. And the reason that I am promoing the club is because club members get an opportunity to do what is coming next, which is hot seat coaching with me. And the only thing I ask is if we can use a portion of that session uh, to be here on the podcast so that someone else struggling with the same exact issue as you can hear how I might help them through it. So for today's episode um, with my guest, Kelsey, uh, she had been recently diagnosed with PCOS and I, what I want you to do is I want you to think for a minute, what is the boogeyman when it comes to, uh, fat people, right? What's the, the diagnosis that they're most afraid of? And I know we give it away in the title, but yeah, so Kelsey had been diagnosed with type two diabetes and her shame was keeping her stuck in grief. And so what we will do today is we, in this episode, will work through some of those hurdles that are keeping her stuck in body hatred and body grief. And with just a few reminders and a few prompted questions, get her back in alignment with her values. Now, Kelsey is also a graduate of my body grievers course. So she may have more of a a knowledge and understanding than you might, and that's okay. Um, But I hope that as you listen to this episode, that you can apply the same reframes to the hurdles that you're facing with whatever diagnosis you may currently have. So without further ado, let's go talk to Kelsey. Right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hot Seat Coaching. Kelsey, thank you so much for volunteering to be coached by yours truly. Um, I'm excited. We're going we're gonna to scratch the surface today. We're going to do a little dive, and we're going to come right back up to the surface. So you are in 
the best hands. Um, I want to set the scene that obviously we've we talked about this before. Whatever you're comfortable sharing is what I want you to share. If something doesn't feel comfortable or it feels a little unprocessed and you're not ready to like jackhammer that part of the thought yet, feel free to share that and we can we can maneuver around uh, something else. Um, and and again, like this is this is your time. So feel free to tap out of this at any point and be like, you know what? I th I thought I wanted to go through this direction, but maybe we could go for another direction. Any questions for me before we start? I don't think so. <laughs> right. I really want people to hear your story, see what relates from what you said, and then um, and then we'll go from there. Okay, so the topic that we've chosen to discuss today is uh, medical issues and believing the narrative that your fatness is the cause of said mm -hmm. medical issues. So I'd love for you to expand on that for us a little bit. Sure. So I have PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. I was diagnosed with that when I was 22. Um, I'm 31 now. And um, a huge part of my beginning journey with that was being told that the only cure for it was to pursue weight loss and going through, you know, a lot of years where that was my number one goal. And then just recently this past, um, I guess, end of May, beginning of June, I was thankfully like in body grievers with you when this happened, but I was diagnosed with type two diabetes and that being again, the only thing really my doctors could tell me about controlling my hemoglobin A1C would be to um, pursue weight loss again, even with the history that I have of eating disorders. And it's really hard for me to believe a different narrative. I see the evidence. So I, I see like what they're talking about because I see that my health has declined through recovery and that being really terrifying. Mm. Okay. So, so when you say, and, and I borrow this from you all the time now, um, talking about receipts, right? So I have receipts for that. So, um, shout out to you for all, all, all that. So now what are the receipts or the evidence that you're talking about in your declining health because of recovery? Yeah. So before recovery, I was not considered diabetic. I had like a higher blood sugar level, but it was usually talked about being because of my PCOS and in recovery, I've gained weight and lost mobility. And so those feel like the biggest receipts that I have for, uh, you know, showing to my Hayes practitioners like, Hey, but look at these, <laughs> right. what's going on here. And I haven't noticed that my PCOS has gotten better. Um, it's pretty much stayed kind of at the same. I will also say like, I have to acknowledge that the medical field vastly ignored me and my symptoms for years. And when I moved, I'm in California now, but when I first moved to New York and tried to get a new doctor and I've been on Medicaid for a long time and 
So I went to my Medicaid doctor. I, you have to get a referral for anything. And my doctor refused to even do blood tests on me until I lost 50 pounds. So that was his stipulation for testing me to see if I could go to an endocrinologist or anything like that. So I stopped going to the doctor for five years and I wasn't taking any medication or getting any assistance with my PCOS for five years of my life from 25 to 30, basically. So yeah, I have to acknowledge that like that also did happen and that could be maybe part of the cause. So I'm like, I can't ignore that, but it feels that my receipts are larger for this because it feels like it's something that I should be able to control. Mm. And if you, if you, if you control what you get, what? If I control my body size, I get health. And, and, Right off the bat, we can acknowledge that that's not true because controlling your body size led to what? Led to eating disorders. Right. And and we live in a society that almost prefers us to have an eating disorder. Yeah. What's coming up for you right now? A recent appointment I had with my doctor, I was discussing my ADHD and we were, I had just gotten on new medication for that, which suppresses my appetite which my mental health team is concerned about, but, you know, I've been working with them and like, things are okay. They're fine. But when I received the after visit summary from my visit, the notes in the after visit summary from my doctor specifically pointed out the fact that my appetite has been lower because of my medication, but that even with my history of eating disorders, that's not something to worry about because of the weight that I'm at even though they didn't weigh me that day. So they don't know what my weight is. It's just literally based off of my appearance to them. And what story does that tell you? It tells me that I won't get the medical care that I need or deserve in the body that I'm in. Repeat that one. I won't get the medical care that I need or deserve in the body that I'm in. Do you feel that in your body anywhere when you say that? Yeah, I feel I feel that in my chest. <laughs> yeah. And 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 I I'm, I'm seeing emotion too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you know why? Like I think I haven't acknowledged the deserve part of that. Say more. I feel like that's like the first time I've said that I deserve something. Wow. That I deserve better treatment. I think like that is new because I think mostly it was, I don't deserve this unless I am in a thin body, unless I'm fitting these standards. Like I need to do this for my doctors to Mm. accept me. Now (laughs) I need to do X to deserve this would be a great theme to explore in therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. There seems to be, that seems to be a, a wound that it seems like there could be more to discover there, but you got exactly to the point of, I'm not, I know at this point in the journey, I'm not going to get the medical care that I need unless I'm in the body that they believe I should be at. Yeah. And we can acknowledge that as 
egregiously harmful and wrong. Yeah. And so it it's like every time you go to a, an appointment, other than for your Hayes team, the feedback that you get is, well, we need to lose the weight. That's the most important thing. Would you believe that for anybody else? I have PCOS. Do you believe that I will only deserve quality medical care until I'm in a smaller body? Absolutely not. And what's what's the difference between you and me? You're you. <laughs> I don't know. Other people, it's so easy. It's so easy to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little bit like um like karaoke night last night where we were yeah. Right. Everybody was going and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Even if there were there were flaws or errors, I was still like, wow, they have a beautiful voice or they have right. I could find all of the parts that I loved. And then when I performed, it was like, OK, this went wrong. This went wrong. This went wrong. This went wrong. <laughs> and so we do we do that to ourselves as well. Right there there. We put an expectation on ourselves that we maybe don't have for other people. And so if we look back at the original topic, it was that my fatness is the cause of my disease. How, mm. tr- how true does that feel on a scale of one to seven, seven being absolutely true? Like a five. So it still feels very true. I would say now it feels bet- like a four. Maybe oh. it's gone down to a four. It started definitely at like a seven. So... And, and again, I would contribute that to the gaslighting of the medical yeah. field that we live in, where it's like being fat is the worst thing you could be, where I would argue actually eating disorders are probably, no, not probably, eating disorders are far more harmful than being in a larger body. And even I wrote that down of like, you know, you have this these quote unquote declining health issues, whereas... I, I I believe I'm correct in this of like, even though people will be diagnosed with diabetes, I do not believe that they, the cause of like death is caused from the diagnosis of diabetes. Right. Right. Whereas eating disorders, there is a higher risk in death. And so what we're being told is that it is worse for you to have this co-occurring illness rather than be disordered because we know sustaining body change is not it's not a permanent solution and we have yet to find that so what do you think still makes this feel true now that my fatness is the cause of my medical issues I guess I just haven't been thin ever so (laughs) it's this like maybe it's a fantasy I don't really know but this idea that the paperwork or whatever I'm given about my diseases discuss people who have gotten better because uh, they've been at a lower weight. I guess now I'm feeling more so like in the long run, it's probably more harmful for me to pursue weight loss at all um, with that being the goal. But the short term feels like 
that would solve the issues first. Or maybe I'm like, maybe it would solve it where they would like, I would feel heard. Or at least like, mm-hmm. if I lost the weight, they then wouldn't blame this on my weight. And maybe they would find something else that was the cause of what was happening that I feel like they're not looking for. Um especially right now in regards to like my mobility. But then at the same time, I'm like, what if I lose the weight and nothing changes? Well, then I'm also, I don't know how to pursue weight loss in a healthy or sustainable way. Like I've never been able to do that before. So why would I be able to do that now? Mm-hmm. And I also know because of my my Hayes team, my wonderful dietitian, Kimmy, that my restriction cycles contribute to my PCOS and my high A1C. So in the long run, it could get worse. Like, and I could have other health issues come up from my eating disorders that aren't even right here yet. (laughs) And so, okay. So we were, we're pulling apart this. It's like, okay, well, if it, if it doesn't work, well, then what? Right. But the hope is, okay, well, if I get my weight under control, then my concerns are actually going to be taken seriously. Mm Alternatively, if I do do this thing and I experience even more complications from the things that I'm doing, all paths lead to the same place. And at the end of the day, the onus should be on your medical team. They should pursue health. They should help you to pursue health regardless of your body size. Does that feel true for you? A scale of one to seven? Yeah, no, that feels, that feels a hundred percent true because I feel that way about everybody else. Exactly. And that, that's really good reality testing to be able to identify, okay, so it's, I'm setting se- separate standards for myself, which we understand why uh, we've been doing that. Um, and I also wonder too, a lot of times when, the desire for controlling our weight comes in, it's because these things feel out of our control. And so if we were to follow that thought trail of what if we never find a solution for your elevated A1C, for your PCOS, um, quote unquote, side effects, right? And it's just going to be managing. What will that mean for you? A lot of like, shame feels like it's coming up and what is what is shame saying to you it's saying like you should be healthy like failed yeah it's hard to let go of an idea that like something I have done in my past has caused this now and even if it's like I can't change that the like feeling of failure and guilt feels strong from like, what if I hadn't had an eating disorder when I was in high school? Or what if I had sought treatment earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Or what if your medical team wasn't fat phobic? I mean, that would really be a great topic to explore with your therapist of that feeling of shame yeah. and guilt of like, now not only are you the cause of your, is your, your own self, the cause of your fatness and the cause of your medical issues, but you're also responsible for getting an eating disorder. Like, you are just diabolical. 
Yeah. True like, evil genius. True, true evil, evil genius. genius. And I know you would never, ever tell anyone who's in recovery. I wouldn't. You did this to yourself. No. I didn't even think of that I was saying it that way when I said it. <laughs> because the expectation you've put on yourself is I'm going to accomplish thinness. I'm going to be the best in my career. I am going to have ultimate health. And at the end of the day, having all three of those things, what what would that offer you that you don't think you already have access to? Do you think you'll have a longer life? Do you think you'll have a more fulfilling life? Yeah, I think acceptance mm. is a big thing. And yeah, longer life, like I have that fear that I'm shortening my life. Um, Which there's also no evidence to support that. No, I know. I know. I know you know. But like, <laughs> you know, like um, in the book Body Respect, uh, Linda Bacon talks about that. There was like an article that went around and it was like, we are fatter than ever and we're dying sooner or whatever. There was no science to support that. Like it mm-hmm. just was an article that went around. We are fatter than ever and living longer than ever. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> there's that. What else? Living longer. Acceptance, I think in particular for me in my in my family, um, which is probably something I need to talk about with my therapist. <laughs> but, <Probably>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but my family um, actively pursues health and discusses health like a lot. Actively pursues uh, health or actively pursues disordered behavior? Pro- and, and disordered behavior. I would I would say the majority of people in my family are like orthorexics. Yes. So, um, is there anyone in your family whose relationship with their body you would want? Yeah, my little sister. Why? Because she started doing this work when she was like fourteen. Oh, oh my gosh! Now I want to talk to her now. <laughs> I don't know. And how has that changed the trajectory of her relationship with her body? Well, she, I admire the way she sets boundaries around other people. Um, watching her like dress, like, like be able to like wear whatever she wants and she feels like good in. Mm. Uh, she still has like, she acknowledges days where she doesn't feel great about her body, but it's like mm. always in kindness like moving towards kindness. Mm. Wow. Wow. And and sh- it's interesting that what you said is I want the acceptance of my family, who we've now established is disordered, but yet you want the relationship that your sister has with her body, which mm-hmm. isn't that she loves her body all the time, but she approaches it with kindness. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I have her respect. Like I have her acceptance. Right. Yeah. Uh, Let me, let me ask you this. You ever felt like you did a really good job in a show or something and got negative feedback from someone? Yeah. What did that do for you? It ruined the whole show. (laughs) I think that's what's happening now. Yeah. Is you you have a team who's telling you, yeah, you're you're doing everything that you can. Like live your best life, do what you got to do. We'll manage these symptoms. You are 
a gregarious, funny, kind, loving individual who has an amazing sister, apparently. You have, you have all these things. And because you don't have health, quote-unquote, you don't have thinness, there's a belief that there's all this that you're missing out on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if we were to go back to that, you know, the fatness is the cause of my illness. How true does that feel? Still. Like a two. Truly. A two? Yeah. What do you think has changed from the beginning of this 30-minute convo to now? I think... I wasn't, I mean, like really a big change was when I was the like idea that I deserve better health care. That was your aha moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that like further talking about this and like not even realizing that I'm thinking like I have, I, I'm thinking like, oh, I should have controlled this better. I should have done, like I blaming myself for like all of the different things and realizing that. Um, a lot of those things that were not in my control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know what we're also not in control of? Whether or not people accept us. God <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Bree. <laughs> I, um, I keep a post-it note by my, by my desk and it says, you are not for everyone and you are deeply loved because both things can exist at the same time. And it sucks to not be wanted, but that doesn't mean that no one wants us. Yeah. Those that love you are going to accept you for who you are, not for how healthy you are, not for how accomplished you are, not for how thin you are. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and so open. I'm really, I'm so proud of you. So thank thank you. you Thank you so much, Brie. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Body Grievers Club. This podcast was made possible by my Body Grievers Club membership. If you like what you heard today, you can leave us a review and you can share this episode with all of your friends. If you're interested in learning more about how you can work with me, check out the link in my bio on my Instagram page at Body Image with Brie or my website at bodyimagewithbrie.com. Thank you again for being here, friends. Until next time. Thank you.